What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Another day, another podcast. You make it sound like it's work. <laughs> well, I mean, technically it's work. Yeah, I mean, it, but, it's, but it's fun, like what we do. It, it is a fun time, so much fun that we usually like do a podcast before we hit record. We just start talking, yeah. time goes by. Today we didn't do that. No. Today we're actually fresh, so yeah. whatever comes out, comes out. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like we're uh, more raring to go now. <laughs> we just hit the record button and what happens, happens. And yeah. as we know, we're still still learning. We've done, a, this is episode 121. You can't say that anymore. That's The, the excuses are over. We're still learning. You can still well, learn. We're always still learning, always yeah. a beginner mindset. I like right. that. So right off the top, uh, apologies for those. Uh, no it, apologies. No, fine. It's going to happen every once in a while, but we're going to do our best to make sure it doesn't. We repeated not only the riddle. And oh, the you're trivia. oh, you're literally apologizing for that. Yeah. 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 Right out of the, the gate. Uh, I, I thought the riddle sounded familiar. My little yeah, me too. My control F on the, uh, the my spreadsheet did not find it when I did a quick search. But again. I was very tired. So you know, it's I funny because we're something. in sync, though, because not yeah. only did you do a repeat riddle, I also did repeat trivia on the yeah. same episode. So we just wanted to give a gift to our listeners to make you feel like extra smart if you've heard those before. And you're like, wow, I, I nailed those. <laughs> if we didn't remember it, chances are most others yeah. either didn't hear it or didn't remember it as well. So when That's something true. is old, it becomes new again. Lesson number one on today's podcast, what's old is new. Yeah. And you're, you're welcome for sharing that with you. Do you remember like when TV shows had like reruns, like in primetime scheduling? Is um, yeah, I think they still do. Like Dateline does it all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, for news, that's interesting. Uh, because no, you're... Dateline's not news. It's uh, true crime. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like before the days of like, uh, you know, streaming and everyone had to it could go back and watch things on their own. Like that was a big thing. They would do like clip shows too, like just like the best moments. Mm-hmm. And it's just because it's like if you missed it, it only aired once and there's no way to see it again. But now we True. live in this uh, golden era of <laughs> media where you, everything is accessible. You can rewatch things. So uh, we just wanted to uh, remind you of the good old clip show days. <laughs> right. Dude, I'm pumped. Speaking yeah. of being able to like uh, rewatch things and stuff like that. I, I lost your episode of Cash Cab because I lost <laughs> my whole DVR collection. Oh, no. Well, no, this is a good thing. I'm, DirecTV's out, man. It's over. I'm, I'm, it's antiquated. I'm out. Yeah. I, no, no, no more need for cable boxes. I switched to YouTube TV. Big fan. You're a cord cutter. I'm a cord cutter. That's yeah. What, what but happens? I mean, yeah. I just can't believe I had cable boxes up until like last week. It's just insane. <laughs> yeah, I cut the cord a long time ago. Uh, although certain a- access I, for live television, you need to still have like a login to see certain things. But uh, you could do it. Well, that's why I got YouTube TV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's a one one of the the better options. So you can watch. Oh everything. my god! I mean, I'm so happy with it. It's like you can access it from your phone, from your iPad, from your TV. <laughs> you don't have to like pay per cable box. And then honestly, like. I still have the dish on the side of my house. It's just insane, the technology, how far it's come. 
Yeah, so has- much better. I I like the YouTube TV, and I'm still in the free trial, so we're really in the honeymoon wow. days right now. Wow! And the hashtag not an ad, uh, but it we will absolutely not. We'll take this and we'll uh, pitch this to different ad companies if we ever add ads to our. I podcast. think it would have to be specifically Direct TV. I mean, I'm there- sorry, I mean, YouTube. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, that would be very bad if it was Direct. This is TV. definitely not an ad for Direct TV. Why don't they do anyway, more anti ads? They have all these anti politician ads. But you never see, I mean, I guess you'd see it for like phone carriers and everything like that sometimes where they're like, we're better than the competition. But you don't see politician ones are so malicious. (laughs) They're so bad. (laughs) Imagine if I started doing that in Vegas, like with like other shows, not even just magic shows, but shows in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You may think you know Donny Osmond, but here's the (laughs) real story. Yeah, yeah, right. They That'd always are like black and white and have that ominous tone of the narrator. <laughs> right. Yeah. This message was approved by Matt Franco. He doesn't even live in Vegas. He commutes from he Utah. Commutes from- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I think that's great. That's great. What's uh, what's new in Vegas, man? I had a fun thing happen at a show the other night. Oh, I want to hear it. Well, this, this, I had lots of fun things, actually. These are the stories I love. I love moments in shows that you don't see as part of the normal show experience. Last night, and this it's, it's not uncommon, and we're all actually guilty of this. You've certainly done this at a concert or a show. It's very common at concerts, I would say. Sure. Uh, it's less taboo in like a, an arena setting. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Sometimes there are those people that want to make a quick break for the bathroom, like, and sort of beat the crowd. So sure. they sort of get a head start before the show's actually over. They give themselves, like, a well, they never really know how much of a head start it is, right? Because right. they don't know exactly when the show's ending. Anyway, there was a guy who made an attempt last night to make an exit before the show was over, and I whistled and stopped him. <laughs> what if it was an emergency, Matt? That's what I would be afraid of. Maybe it was, but I, I know I know a bathroom <laughs> exit when I see one. Oh, you mean like a bathroom emergency? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> oh, he, you know, he should have held it. That's the same thing I told you at the David Copperfield show. Um, so, and I say, sir, what do you do? I, listen, do you really have to get to the bathroom that badly? Mm-hmm. Um, this is even better if I mention that earlier in the show, there was a guy named Simba on stage. Amazing. And how, okay. mu- how many Lion King reference did you make? Well, zero, okay. actually. He yeah. said Simba, like the Lion King, and that was the end of that. Good. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure he's heard every joke by now. Except for this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> so there were zero. There were zero references sure. to it because he was a very entertaining character. I said to him, do you play cards? And normally that's followed by a yes or a no. Right. And he said, I was going to play cards once with my friends and, and it gave all the details of the state he was in, the friends he was with, and that they were going to teach him how to play blackjack, but then he ate a gummy and the whole thing went downhill. I mean, it was just insane and a very fun thing. So everyone remembered Simba by the end of the show. Right. So I said, sir, you don't have to start a stampede just because Simba's here. Ah, very good. Very That's good. not the story I wanted to tell. Okay, sure. But anyway, um, it was the opening of a show a few nights ago. And have you ever seen people conversing after an effect where they converse with each other? Um, and you just, I automatically assume they're like trying to discuss what they believe the method was. 
Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's. I think I've seen that happen. I I don't tend to assume that. I either assume like they're having just an own sidebar. I mean, that's one of the things that can pop up. But I also am like, oh no, is like my fly unzipped or like, right? <laughs> like, I, I'm like checking. I'm getting self conscious a little bit. I was like, oh, is there something I did that they're ch- discussing amongst themselves? <laughs> um, I yeah, you're right to not assume that because I always <laughs> assume. That it's some sort of discussion of of method of some kind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And occasionally, I will sort of stop the show in its tracks and ask them what they're talking about. Yeah. And have they said the method? Like, or they say, we're trying to figure it out. It's totally unrelated. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, it's it's some sort of sidebar in the context of the show, but, like, has nothing to do with a theory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yet I still haven't learned my lesson, and I continue to ask. (laughs) Okay. And I find that people are honest with me about what they're, whatever it is that they're discussing. Yeah. So I, I said to the guy, who's maybe four or five rows back, talking to his wife. And I ask him, all right, sir, let, let's hear your theory. <laughs> right? Yeah. And he's a little hesitant, like, oh, I, well, I don't know, you know. And I said, no, no, please tell me. I'd love to know. I'd love to know what, what you were telling your wife so confidently. And he said, it wasn't a theory, but it was still like a weird thing that would sort of only happen at a magic show. Because this happened right after a signed bill, impossible location trick mm-hmm. effect. Yes. He said, I was just telling my wife that I saw you when you handed, when you dismissed the participant, George, whatever his name was. When you sent George back to his seat, I saw that you told him that if he just rubs on the marker, it'll rub off the bill so he can go ahead and spend it. <laughs> and I said, wow, okay, George, stand up. So George is in the front row. George stands yeah. up. We yeah. hit him with a spotlight. And I say, did I say anything to you about rubbing off the marker and it comes off the bill? And he said, no. And I said, thank you. You can sit down. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I was so befuddled in the moment Right. I'm like, what a strange. I said, why, why, why would I have? Why would that be a thing? Right. And he said, well, think about it. Would you want your name on a bill? And I was like, well, I'm a narcissistic performer. I don't care where my name is. <laughs> I don't know if I use those words, but sure, in other words, sure. like, yeah, well, yeah. why would it matter? You can still spend it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> what an odd sort of thing to assume and thing to like point out is that a thing someone points out to be smart is that a thing what what's going on there well i'm also just befuddled that you just had a full-blown conversation in the middle of your show with this random guy and it was like a multiple back and forth it's almost yeah well listen yeah uh, listen, honestly, it, it played really well. It's yeah. hard for me to, to remember. <laughs> sure, sure, I don't sure. remember what the beats were comedically, mm-hmm. but um, it's it's a really easy moment to sort of make funny because there's right. so much tension. Absolutely. So every beat almost gets a, a really good laugh. But also I was more doing it to find out why I want to learn. Yeah. I want to learn about what, what is going on in the audience's mind. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's tough to do so. I've had a, the opportunity recently, a couple of shows that I've done, where I've had a friend in the audience 
Uh, you know, not not as, as a plant that's helping me do what I do, uh, because that's what people always assume. But just they're telling me info after the show about what audience members are saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. And it's mm -hmm. fascinating. Like, you know, um, even just the fact of like, you know, they're up until the show starts. They're like talking about dinner plans, like knowing that kind of stuff, you know, or or like, oh, the show's starting five minutes late. Like, let's get started. I go. Five minutes late. That's pretty standard. Come on, like, right, right, <laughs> you know, right, right. The end. You start. Uh, entertainers start a show five, ten minutes late all the time. Right. I mean, that's, right. That's, yeah. Five minutes them... even late to a meeting almost doesn't count. Like, right. If you're within the five minute window of late to anything, and I'm, I like, I say early is on time, on time yeah, is late, sure. as you know. But I mean, five minute window is is pretty fair. Um, five to ten minutes is where I'll usually delay the start of the show. Just uh, you know, as oh yeah, yeah, you checks. don't want to go much more. I mean, ideally, once and, you get to twenty, forget it. And also, like audience members could still be coming in. There's a lot of reasons why, but anyway, yeah. Uh, but to your point of this, this guy just kind of fig trying. Try he wasn't even doesn't even sound like he was trying to figure out the method because he's like the turning into. Uh, turning well, this was after it appeared. Yeah, that's what I mean. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's oh, yeah, yeah. So where, where uh, the transposition? That's what I meant to say. Yeah, is the, yeah. Is the the uh, the effect, um, and what? So he was just worried about spending the money. <laughs> I don't know if he would. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was like. Uh, maybe she just asked him. Honestly, she might have said, "Oh, how's he going to spend that now?" And then he said, oh, well, it probably rubs off or whatever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably all that happened. But look, if not for these moments, what is improvisation? Right. right so like I right. actually got to gift that guy. He was from Boston, actually. Mm -hmm. I got to gift him the marker at the end because oh, the funny. bill comes back at the end of the show. Yeah, I yeah. said, does it still have your name on it? Oh, my God, it does. I'm so sorry it didn't rub off. Do you still have the marker? And then we take <laughs> out the marker and give it to the guy from Boston. And the whole yeah. thing is great. But. You know, I think you were half joking when you said, I'm surprised you sort of stopped the show dead in, dead in its tracks to have this conversation. Right. But if not for these conversations, what are the improvised moments? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think those are good. And especially when you're setting up, um, basically, you're, you're providing yourself ammo to reference back to later, which is great. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fantastic. And, you know, you find those things as you go. Um, it's all, it, there is a... a a risk of it go getting sort of derailed too. There is sort of the risk of following it too. You're, we're always at our best when we're always sort of progressing to the next thing, right? I believe. Moving so there forward. is a chance that it sort of takes a side route that's not moving forward. Sure. And that's when you have to quickly change gears. Right, and you can sense that and just drop it at that moment. You know, if you're going down a path that's like, like be like. Sometimes I'll say like, and that was just for me. All right, moving on. You know, like that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like little references and stuff like that, which is Absolutely. all just part of the character, which builds as well. Um, but these little moments, I love. Uh, they, uh, I've had a bunch lately of just these improvised ad libs. You know, that are that are just little gems. And I just realized I was like, I need to start recording my shows again. Like I've you know, was recording them a lot when I was developing the show and, you know, trying to tweak things and polish things. And but my show's been pretty locked for a while now. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I'm mm -hmm. still always adding stuff. Uh, but uh, for the, the primary pieces I do, those are pretty, you know, polished. 
but these little improvised moments are like would be great to have and i think i was just talking to a buddy of mine and he's like just get in the habit of like setting up a camera in the back because you know i don't have my own theater so i can't like install something and just always have it going uh but i'm wondering are you recording your shows do you have these moments that um you can share you know and have and keep and just like these little improvised things that you're doing in your show as well just just for funsies to have yeah everything's recorded so you do have these moments uh yeah you yeah, everything's do, recorded. It's just about going through and editing them. It's like maybe you could get a clip show of these, like you know, oh, <laughs> interactions. Oh, uh, they're 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 just like it's like a just a back of the house sort of yeah, camera. So right, it's sort right, of like right. a. It wouldn't really be pleasant to like watch or listen to, but it's good enough to like review if we have to look at something or. Right, right. But you, you know, want to remember reason, if there was an, these ad incident or yeah. if there was a, you know, a line I forgot that I, and I wanted to remember or if we we're working on something new and I need to see how it looked like it's just barely, you know, enough to sort of review things. But it wouldn't be. Yeah, we'd have to change the um, what it looks like to make it into an actual entertaining sort of thing. Right. Well, I wouldn't, wouldn't say for like, you know, promotional purposes, but it's good to have these like like you're saying, this weird moment where, you know, you're having great callbacks is like oh yeah you could show off your your improv skills as well sure, just as sure like a little, right little behind the scenes and it almost looks even cooler because it kind of sort of looks like security f camera right, like or, or like, right. like the this is the behind the scenes behind the scenes of the matt franco show but yeah I, but yeah. i think it's a lesson to be for me as well as just to like you know because i've been hitting like we talked about the the show the other day where everyone's name was like Darian, <laughs> you right, know, right. So it'd be cool just to have that clip and post it on social media. But you know, it wasn't, wasn't. I wasn't in the habit of putting up my camera again. So I just need mm -hmm. to. You never know what lightning you're going to catch in a bottle. So you might, you might as well just keep doing that. Well, do you have areas in your show that you allow just like, okay, we're going to see what happens and let this breathe? Because I have those sort of various times throughout. A hundred percent. Most of my whole show is mostly. That. <laughs> <laughs> because of my improv background i try to yeah have these moments of improv and interactions with the audience and see what they're gonna say and, and, and i'm always searching in between yeah. the in between the actual effects though like like where you finish one and are gonna be moving on to the next one but there's sort of a segue that allows for it yeah, I'll usually comment on something weird that happened throughout the piece and then move on to my next transitionary dialogue in my script to, to set up the next piece. You know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, it's always, always room to breathe a bit. And, uh, and I always say my show is always the best when it goes slightly off the rails. So I'm always looking for those off the right. rail moments. So I want, uh, you know, because that demonstrates my improv skills, but to be able to then capture that on video, you know, just to have those clips might be good. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What's yeah. going on with you? Yeah, me. Uh, let's see. The big news in my apartment life is, I uh, got a brand new TV. Wow, I, I got know. YouTube TV, you got a TV. I, yeah, my I had a TV for a while and just, uh, <laughs> this is how ridiculous it was getting met. There was a power issue with later models of this brand where it's not getting to the circuit board and it would, whenever I wanted to turn on the TV, it wouldn't work. And then you'd have to unplug it from the wall, hold like the power button on the TV itself to reset it. And after about like, I did this for about a month, Matt. <laughs> I finally got sick of it. 
and got a new TV. And I'm very happy. And I upgraded. Now my new PS5 looks really good on it. And it's uh, 4K. I'm very happy. So that that's the big news. <laughs> uh, but, awesome. Uh, but uh, other than that, uh, performance-wise, I'm sure you were asking more about. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. I did a wedding. I performed at a wedding, Matt. Have you done that before? Not a stage show. I've done, like, strolling, walk around. Mm-hmm. But not really a stage. Because here was my uh, worry when it comes to weddings. And have you done weddings, a stage I show or anything? I don't know that I've ever done a wedding. No. No, not really. I actually did something close to a wedding. It was like a, they called it a wedding, but I think the people were already married. And really, it was just this big fundraiser event. Gotcha. And it was here in Vegas, actually. It was like at the Mandalay Bay or something. Um, but it really didn't feel like a wedding at all. Mm. I think I told a story about this one. Mike Tyson was greet, like hired to greet people at the door. I don't remember we talked this. About, Mike we, Tyson? We, well, you didn't remember the trivia and the uh, riddles <laughs> last week either. Fair. That yeah, you, you, we, I, feel, I'm, I feel like we had to have told the whole Mike Tyson story. They asked him to leave. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Really? No. <laughs> okay. Well, a story for another time. <laughs> Um, so anyway, I don't know. I've never performed at anything that really felt like a a wedding. So this was my concern because I was like a stage show. I mean, this is by the way, very common in like the UK, like there's a whole wedding market and there's a bit of a wedding market here in the States as well, but it's mostly for cocktail hour that, that I would feel comfortable going around entertaining guests while, you know, they're waiting for either the ceremony or the reception or something like that. Just to add a little bit of flavor of fun. But getting up into a front of the entire crowd on someone else's special day was like, yeah. I don't want to pull the focus away from the bride and groom. That's, that was right. my concern. Right. But this was totally different than I expected because uh, it was part of their like courtship a bit. Uh, and th- I actually met this couple before. They had seen me when I was performing at The Scam back when I was doing that show uh, that my friends put on. And uh, they just said, oh, um, this is kind of was just for friends. They had already done a celebration with the in the ceremony with family during COVID, I guess. But this was more for everyone else who couldn't be there now that the world's opened up. All all friends. So all people around their age. It was, you know, a young crowd. It was great. But they said, we saw you on the show and I go, we just wanted to surprise our guests because a big part of our dating life was going around New York, seeing shows and having these experiences. And we saw this mind reader that we loved at the show Scam and surprise to all of you. Here he is. And, it, and I did a 30 minute show and it was really, really fun. <laughs> That's awesome. I yeah. love I love actually how they, uh, you know, you're part of their story. Yeah, I mean, it was it was really um, a good reminder of the power of what we do as entertainers sometimes because you never know why what connections are, people are making at your show. You know, again, this is an important moment for them, like going to that show in a random karaoke bar in New York as mm-hmm. they were getting to know each other and, and courting each other. And, uh, and you know, it was so meaningful that they wanted it represented in their wedding. So uh, it's, it was just really kind of cool and powerful. And uh, we had a blast. And they were awesome. great sports. Now, I was also like, I got to use the bride and groom. Yeah, you have to. I had to. It was their yeah. day. 
So I both had them, you know, think of words and was able to read both their minds uh, in as my second piece. And then I ended with the blindfold routine and used some other audience members as well uh, for that. But it was it was really fun. When I got married, the wedding planner actually pitched having a magician <laughs> did at they, the cocktail hour. Did they know who you were? They did. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> it, was, it was almost even said like, a, you know, I don't want to be too cliche sort of thing or however yeah. she worded it. Yeah. Um, but she's like, but I do pitch this all the time. I'm not just saying it <laughs> <laughs> because you're you, you know, because I'm talking to a magician. But yeah, we, um, you know, we have a, a one or two magicians that we work with for cocktail hours that, you know, always get really great feedback. So it is sort of a... It's a popular thing. choice, I suppose. I could see why. I mean, yeah, it's such a great icebreaker for you know an event like that. I I just think it's funny to recommend it to you and be like, I know some people. If I wanted a magician, <laughs> I could have hired one. <laughs> but I they, did. I did opt out on the magic. Yeah, yeah but yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of momentous occasions, Halloween is coming up. It is. Do you do anything for Halloween? Normally, I'm at a conference at this time, uh, and uh, I've dressed up in costumes at the conference in the past, mm-hmm. but uh, I have no real Halloween plans this year. It's falling on a Monday, I think. Um, it might be. Yeah, uh, perhaps. Yeah, yeah it is um, a Monday. It's a Monday this year. I don't know if you do, – do you have experience with pumpkin carving? No, I'm I've maybe tried it once when I was little. It's a mess. I don't like I don't like the mess of it. I don't either, but I I'm in a 4-year tradition now, going okay. on 5 next year, um of pumpkin carving with a couple of friends. Mm. And it's a it's a fun night and I'm there for the social aspect, but I'm so bad at the actual carving. <laughs> And they get really creative. There's a ghost. One time there was a bottle in the pumpkin's mouth. Um, this year, Tiana actually, like, turned the pumpkin on its side. So, like, the stem of the mm-hmm. pumpkin was the nose. Oh, nice. Very good. Yeah. And then there's mine, which is, like, a standard jack-o'-lantern that was poorly cut. Like, triangle eyes, jagged mouth, done. Yeah. I think you I think you actually like described it. Yeah, that's like exactly. And it's just it, you know, and I don't like the scooping out of the seeds and all that either. No. That's that's yeah, it's gooey and sticky yeah. and gross. Yeah, it's going to be like 3 days before I can pick up a deck of cards without ruining it. <laughs> you know. Um so. yeah, I I I've just seen some other friends doing theirs and like they get so intricate and there's like, you know, the stencils you can get and you poke the holes in it and then you carve and you got your tools. It's like, it seems like a lot of work for something that's just going to end up decomposing outside. In three days. <laughs> in three days. <laughs> it actually, I, I'm surprised because I thought you were going to say that it was something you do and are good at. I, I, no, I don't do it. I do appreciate people who are good at it, but right. I've never actually done it. It's just like anything. It's like, I love seeing the photos of everyone else's and I there really you go. love it, but I don't, <laughs> there you go. I'm just worried about like, again, especially for me being on the road, mm-hmm. having a pumpkin. And also I'm like, I don't have like access to like the, the, where would I put my pumpkins? Like just in my house, I guess. In my apartment? Is there no like front step sort of situation? Not really, right? Because <laughs> you're in a, a you know apartment building. Can you put it outside the door of the apartment <laughs> to, for one person to see me? 
Oh, is it like that where no one else walks by yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. Why would, why, yeah. So, so it's not for me, but I do, again, those of you can do it. In fact, if you want to send us some of your, if you have a really pump, good pumpkin you're proud of, uh, we would see it, and then we'll just juxtapose it to Matt's pumpkin. Yeah, right before I um, <laughs> hopped on, I did actually post a little video, which includes each of our pumpkins. Oh, and you'll know which one is mine. Okay, fair enough. So there you go. Fair enough. And if you don't, I wrote our names under each one. So There you go. There you Solved. go. That would be like a weird psychometry routine. Here we go. We're just spitballing here. You have people <laughs> during your show leading up to the big finale. Uh, you hand them a pumpkin, all right, <laughs> at the start of your show and carving tools because it's always good to give um, sharp, sharp things to your audience. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you have them design a pumpkin, mm-hmm. and then uh, someone comes up on stage and mixes up the different designs. Mm-hmm. And then you have to figure out who carved what. There you go. Brand new mentalism routine right here. If someone wants to take the ball and run with it. You know, it is a really fun premise to picture pe- putting people to work with these carving pumpkins. <laughs> yeah. How long there does zero com- stakes and like, you know, it's not like a smash and stab where there's well, any, you know, high pressure. Well, there are stakes to like jab at the pumpkin. <laughs> You're so punny. Now, how long does it take to carve a pumpkin? Uh, the way I do it, not very long at all. <laughs> but I like, didn't even draw on it this year. You know, people sketch yeah. it first, and yeah. then I just went straight in with the uh, mm-hmm. the knife type, whatever that little tool is. What, like less than an hour? Could we do it during a show? Probably. Uh, the scooping, if you pre-scoop the pumpkins, way less than an hour. All right. All right. Maybe this is a thing you'll see down the line on a television appearance or something. There Pre- you go. Pre-scooped pumpkin psychometry. Are you are you just giving this out to anyone who wants to take it and run with it? I think you are. Yeah, we're spitballing here. <laughs> All right, so someone do something with this. And if no one else does, maybe I'll do it. Who knows? There you go. It's still fair game for me, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Matt, let's, race. Jump, let's jump over uh, now to... A brand new riddle that we made sure by checking the spreadsheet. Are you ready for Diddle Me This? Diddle me this, diddle me that. Will Eric end up stumping Matt? Riddles! Okay, this is uh, one of my all-time favorites. And it's, uh, I, I don't know, if you don't know it, it might be hard to, like, deduce it. But maybe, we'll see how you do. I, I, won't, preface it. I won't preface it anymore. Um, Cindy has 10 bags full of coins. Each bag contains a thousand coins, but one bag is full of forgeries and she can't just recall which one is which. So she does know that the genuine coins weigh one gram, but the forgeries weigh 1.1 grams. To hide the fact she can't recall which bag contains the forgeries, she needs your help, Matt. Mm-hmm. How can she identify the bag with the forgeries with just one weighing? Wow, with yes. just one weighing. Yes. <laughs> now, what does one weighing mean? I mean, can, you can't weigh all 10 in that one weighing? Uh, or you can only weigh one bag, is what you're saying. No, you can weigh multiple bags. You can only put things on the scale once. Oh. All right. Yes. 
So there's 10 bags with a lot of coins. It doesn't a thousand doesn't really matter, but it's just a lot of coins. Mm-hmm. And one bag contains the forgeries, which weigh 0.1 grams more than all the other coins. It just or, seems like way too many mm-hmm. bags. Yep. Like 10 bags is a lot to try to sort this out. Hmm. I mean, I guess you could imagine a big scale. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, am mm-hmm. I taking out coin? Can I take coins out of the bag? Yes, you can take coins out of the bags. Yeah, so, but I still don't just to compare 10 mm-hmm. and find the one that weighs 0.1 more right. is unclear to me. It's it's really tough. It's one of these ones where the solution is so mwah, chef's kiss. It's like Really? Yes. I love it so much. And I feel yeah. like we needed a good stumper, uh, because you've been on a hot streak. I mean, I've been giving you hints along the way. I don't even it know how to give a, a hint stumper. for this. I don't even know how to give the hint for this. But what what would your initial process like? What just talk it through? Like we were talking about uh, a few episodes back about the the uh, the zip line at the Rio and how that right. would go off the off the the top of the Rio to, to to dismantle it essentially. So these thought problems. How would you approach this? Like literally, if you have ten bags, I can put any amount of bags or coins on the scale I want. Yep. But I can only put them on once, and that's it. Yep. Does it involve like? taking things off the scale as well um the no you don't need to for this that was my question yeah, like yeah. okay so yeah. the, the weighing really isn't like a put something on take something off that doesn't right. count as one weighing. all you have to do is put something on the scale once and you'll know which one has counterfeit coins yes isn't that cool <laughs> do we know how much the bags weigh yeah We'll we just do. assume they're all the same. All yeah, the, they're all the, the same the except bag, for the yeah. one with the counterfeit coins. Yeah, well, in the bags themselves. No, not like, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, you I didn't mean that. Yeah, well, you already told me <laughs> yeah. that each one weighs a gram and there are a thousand each one, so each one's a thousand grams. Yeah. Except for the counterfeit one, it weighs more. Yeah, each coin I, is 1.1 gram. Right. For the forgeries. Can I just open up the bags and look and see which ones are forged because They're, I know coins really well? No, these are like really good forgeries. Like they look identical to the to the actual coins. Hmm. So the the uh, the appearance is identical. I have absolutely no idea what I would weigh <laughs> to figure out which ones weigh more. I'm I feel very stumped. I'm against the wall on this. All right, I'm gonna give you this. We haven't heard it in a while. <laughs> Um, so here's the solution and, uh, hopefully some, uh, listeners have worked out or attempted it. So if you were just to put all 10 bags on with all the coins, that's not going to tell you much. It's going to be higher than the amount, right? Just that you're expecting because one bag weighs slightly more. So that's not going to do you any good. So you have to, like, if you were just to take one coin out of each bag and weigh it, and you just kind of keep track of which bag, you still don't really know which coin is the one that weighs 0.1 more. Right. You just know that, you know, okay, we have 10 coins out. That's going to be 10 grams 0.1, right? Mm-hmm. 10.1 grams. But you don't mm-hmm. know which one is that one that weighs 1.1. So here's what you do, Matt. If you take one bag or one coin out of the first bag, then you take two coins 
out of the second bag. Three coins out of the third bag. Four coins out of the fourth bag. And so on. Mm-hmm. What happens? What do you think? Wow. It gives each <laughs> bag its own category. So what happens is... Uh, if you just took, if they were all genuine coins, one plus two plus three plus four plus five, all the way up to ten, gives you fifty-five grams. That's just so the answer is math, the, right? So that's just the math. But what because you're doing a different amount per bag, you're basically right. the 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 decimal point after the weighing. Right. We'll tell you which bag has the Yeah, it'll either coin. be point one, point two, point three, point four, and that's how me- that's which number bag is exactly, the one. Exactly. Is the one. Wow, that is that is a genius one. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. <laughs> that this this little riddle here should be the uh the online clip for the show. That was a good riddle. <laughs> Excellent. Well Except I'm glad it you- took me two hours. <laughs> <laughs> to not get so uh yeah so basically yeah whatever the decimal point is tells you which uh bag the uh the coins came out of so uh, uh, uh i'll read the official answer just to have it now she should simply weigh all these uh picked coins together uh oh wait sorry i jumped down a paragraph it is known that there is only one bag with forgeries to identify that bag cindy can follow a simple procedure she can take out one coin for the first bag and so forth now she can simply weigh these picked coins together if there were no forgeries then the total weight would be 55 grams now and the total weight comes out to 55.3 then she can conclude that the third bag contains forgeries so if the total weight is 55.8 n because they're using variable terms then it is clear that the nth bag contains forgeries so uh let's jump over to trivia matt picks up the question then he stares at it eric's at the ready time to use his wit pressure 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 trivia pressure trivia ready when you are by u.s law Mm mm-hmm Exit signs must be one of what two colors? Exit signs. U.S. highway signs, I assume. Yes? Exit signs. Oh, exit signs. Oh, I was thinking of like exits off the highway. Well, okay. Exit signs. So these are like emergency fire exits. Um, so theaters. Okay, that, that, that switches things automatically uh, for me. <laughs> Uh, but I also think my initial thought is an answer now that I'm thinking about it. So um, exit signs from the highway are green. So I actually do think green is a color for these. And then obviously the most traditional one that you see all the time is red. So I think it's red and green. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. That's all a right. good one because it could throw someone off thinking like, no, green means go. It doesn't make sense. And then mm-hmm. you start second guessing yourself. But you didn't do that. Good work. Yeah. Well, it's also because I confused myself with highway exit signs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if there's other colors of highway signs. Like, obviously. No. Well, blue, right? Uh, I think blue kind of shows rest stops, right? Yeah, rest stop. That's an exit. I, yeah, yeah. That's that's good. And then which which is that dog that's in the background? Pip. That's Pip, Pip, can you calm down? <laughs> Come on, bud. Very good. Pip. <laughs> Hold on. Let me let me put him away here. Let me let him out. Yeah. <laughs> Problem child. <laughs> and then um 
the uh, there's definitely like orange exit signs for the construction when they do like detours and stuff like that. Detours. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's not the official trivia, so we don't know the exact answer for highway signs, but we're uh, creating our own. We're creating our own. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Matt, I did a um, radio interview this week to promote um, a show, uh, Performing Arts Center. Uh, How do you like doing that? Uh, well, first of all, they're early in the morning, although mm-hmm. this was technically mountain time, so I, it was a little later for me. I should have been up. <laughs> I was mostly awake. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, it's interesting to do it remotely because normally when I'm in studio, like I could do something for the host and like show a little bit of what I do and then they could talk about it. That's a good strategy I like to have is so that they're excited and they know and they could be like, he read my mind on air or whatever like that uh, to mm-hmm. show a demonstration. But it's kind of uh, interesting to, to promote the show by just talking about what you do and be like, I swear it's good. Come to the show no and you'll see. There was no performance of any kind. No, I mean, I could have done something virtually. I mean, I'm used to that from the, you know, the virtual shows I did during the pandemic. Did you choose not to or what? Uh, It was all on the phone. It wasn't a video thing or anything. So I needed that video component for my Mm -hmm. virtual shows. So like I didn't I didn't even plan on it. It was never even discussed, although sometimes it is when you do it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But what are your tips when you do radio? I'm sure you've done a bunch. Yeah, I was going to say, I've done this a lot, and I prefer it, actually. I don't know that it's as effective. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you just treat it like any other commercial Mm -hmm. uh, or interview or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's, it's... you you deliver the information mm-hmm. of like that's that's step one. Yes. Make you, sure you know the time, the place, mm-hmm. where people get tickets, all that stuff. I know it seems simple, but like definitely know that. Which was uh, which was good because I did have to review that in case they asked me, but luckily the host had all that information and they, they took charge and promoted it several times. Yeah, generally they will do that. Mm-hmm. Um a good host will do that. So more or less it's just your job to sort of be fun. And let your personality come, let your personality come through, and promote it in such a way that you're passionate that that reads through to the end user. It mm-hmm. could be, mm-hmm. it, it really functions the same as any any um, commercial. I heard actually, I fell for a commercial like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. I was in the car, I believe, and it was a commercial for radio, um, a radio commercial for one eight hundred gut junk, and like the pitch was, all you have to do is. Point at stuff, and then we'll get it out of your house, basically. Yeah. And I was like, this sounds like the service for me. <laughs> because right. having all this construction done recently, like, we have all this junk. Yeah. That needs to be, like, removed. And it's so, so within a week, I had called 1-800-GET-JUNK and, and had them come in. So it's, like, just a matter of getting your message to the to the end user that might be looking for something to do. Also, not an ad, uh, but we could take this clip as well and sell it to, uh, <laughs> to pitch it to 1-800-JUNK if they want to advertise. Sell it to DirecTV. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. What's the competitor to 1-800-JUNK? Is it people who bring more clutter to your house? <laughs> Do you just want random chat keys? We're the, <laughs> we're the business for you. <laughs> That's every store ever that yeah, my wife yeah. walks into. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, th- that is good. It, 
advice you you want to get that you know that uh, you're always from your marketing background you know you're always thinking about the end user and their experience and you know obviously if something resonates it resonates with them because they're imagining themselves like oh i could be using this or so so the experience you're trying to sell when you're selling tickets and a show and obviously you do this with your own marketing in in vegas too is the experience they're having at your show did mm. I do that while I was half awake doing this radio interview? I don't know. <laughs> we we talked about AGT and, you know, I try to rephrase a lot of the stock answers of the questions that always come up uh, over the past you know, several years uh, since I did the show. Uh, because you never want you never want to just say the same thing. You want it to sound fresh. It's the whole this whole acting technique, you know, of, of mm-hmm. it sounds like the first time you say it. Uh, but then uh, we talked about uh, when I was on Penn and Teller Fool Us, mm-hmm. and he brought up, you know, we talked about my dirty charades routine, and I had to be like, yeah, you're not going to really see that. This is a family show that we're pitching. <laughs> so, like, finding that balance was fun and interesting. And uh, Did he sort of mention that it was – it's not that dirty, number one, but, right. you know, Fool Us is a family show, too. It did is. he sort of refer to it as dirty? No, I, I more brought it up because that's how I refer to it as dirty charades. So I was like, yeah, I did a routine. You might see where I do this. We act out dirty charades. And I was like, but this is a family show coming up. So don't worry. It's nothing. It's a clean show. I mean, it's I not always dirty charades, <laughs> is it? It's all uh, that routine is. Yeah. The premise I didn't even of know it. You called it. I thought you just called it charades. Oh, I call it dirty charades. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So that would have been something that wasn't worth mentioning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in that, in the context of that interview, you simply refer to it as charades. Yeah, uh, yeah. If I was a hundred percent awake, I probably would have realized that. <laughs> you didn't give yourself any wake up time before the interview. How, I did. How long were you awake before it? Uh, uh forty five an hour. That's enough time. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, uh, <laughs> it overall went well because, uh, again, the booker of the Performer Arts Center was listening on and she emailed me and was like, it, it sounded good. So I, I did a good enough job, uh, with the, the interview, but then here's the other thing, Matt, they asked, cause they're like, I guess we ran out of things to talk about, which I don't think is, or maybe he just does this for all the, his guests, but he just goes, since it's spooky season, we're asking everyone, have you ever encountered a ghost? So how do you approach like these curveball questions? And I'll tell you my response in a bit, but I'm curious. <laughs> Have you gotten weird off topic? Uh, yeah, questions? all the time. Okay, sure. So so yeah. what's your what's your go-to? I don't have a go-to. Or not go-to, you, but like The go-to strategy. is to be in the moment and answer the question honestly. Yeah, that's what I like. Do. Hopefully, like hopefully there's like a soundbite or quip that comes to mind mm-hmm. um, to sort of either make it entertaining or get a laugh or whatever. Um, but yeah, there's no like go-to answer for when someone asks you about, you know, <laughs> about whether you're for or against pumpkin spice during October, you know what I mean? <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. I guess they're doing it just to color the person. It's a personality thing, right? They're just trying to learn about you. So, so the ghost one, he was like, I, I already prefaced my you know, mind reading isn't supernatural. It's not, you know, I say the line from my show where it's mixed between magic and psychology. And my job is to blur the line between the two. Uh, but what happened was he asked, Oh, this is a uh, sort of in your wheelhouse since it's paranormal ish. So have you ever had a ghost encounter? So I did, what you 
your same strategy answered honestly and i go well i come from a skeptical background and i think extraordinary uh claims require extraordinary proof <laughs> that's that's how i approached it because that's how i feel about ghosts i so, love that i don't know if i uh you know put a damper i mean between me not doing pumpkin carving and me saying ghosts aren't real i'm re- this is a real downer halloween episode i feel like the grinch of <laughs> halloween <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what you mean because you feel like you're not playing. You're, you're not playing ball. Like as soon as he asks you the ghost question, you just go, "Ghosts aren't real." Like it's like yeah. you just feel like you're not really playing ball the way that they want you to be for the context of the radio show. Right. It feels denying, but also that's the tricky thing. Again, always going back to the improv background. I was still yes anding his question, but with mm-hmm. just what I truly believe, and that's more. It's better in improv if you're honest and pulling from a place of truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would have been, I think it would have been weird if I was like, oh yeah, ghosts that all the time <laughs> I live with right. a ghost, right? <laughs> you know, something like that to yes. And the premise rather than yes. And like what he was actually ac- asking. Uh, right. So I think it was fine. Again, I don't, I do radio again. I've done it more in por- person than just call in. Uh, mm-hmm. stuff so uh it was it was interesting just uh strategize. I, I find those are really really common like radio topics like they'll always mm-hmm. be just like really kind of no i don't even want to call it off the wall but like sort of current eventy i know halloween yeah. is like i don't it's weird to call that a current event but like it all ties in and that's like really like a those and i get stumped on a lot of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah no really like because i yeah. never see them coming they're always sort right. of like out of left field and it's like, oh, I really like if I had time to think about this, I feel like I have a good answer. Exactly. <laughs> but you don't. You, right. You're there on the spot. And that's, yeah. I guess, what makes it kind of fun and live and mm-hmm. what makes it good radio. Yeah. Yeah. We but should I, do this. This is a good podcast. We should come up with those and like try to not stump each other, but like give prompts to the other person and like see what your soundbite answer would be. Like you're right. limited to a couple of sentences and have to answer it like radio style. That's that, a hard challenge. That is the, that's the trickiest part of it is because you're trying to get it concise and soundbite and entertaining uh, and to do it on the spot without knowing anything coming your way. Mm-hmm. So it is harder than it sounds like for those who've never tried it. Uh, and, and some people are so good at these sound bites. It's amazing. Yes. You know, it's like, oh, how did you become so concise and insightful? Like, it's it's amazing to see some of these people who've done it for so long. It's tougher when there's sort of like a right and wrong answer. So, like, it's sort of easy to do for me in like a reality TV context where, like, you're mm-hmm. being asked questions. Um, but, like, in a radio context where I think we might have even talk, talked about this one specifically, um, the question was, like, do you you know about judging people when you're out in public and what are the what are the actions that they do that you judge was essentially the question whoa whoa and they gave examples yeah of like and it could be like um you know someone who drives a pickup truck with the dog in the back because it's dangerous so you're right. judging. yeah i remember that yeah yeah that yeah example. so but like okay now there's a right and wrong answer to this sort of because either it sounds like something worth judging or it doesn't 
And you can't do what I would normally do if I'm just asked this question in everyday life is be like, hold on, let me think about it. Because you can't have dead air on the radio. (laughs) There's no let me sleep on it and get back to you. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be like, let me ponder. Hmm. Like on a podcast, we could edit out silence, but (laughs) like live radio, hmm, hmm, dead air. (laughs) Right, right, right. So I mean, like. Yeah, those those could be pretty challenging, but I think it would be an interesting, mm-hmm. you know, episode or part of an episode to like each try to we'd have to do homework and each try to come up with like <laughs> interesting prompts to throw at each other and s- just kind of give practice to yeah. having answers. Well, it, I mean, it, just doing the podcast itself is easier to do that medium now for any live radio because we're just, you know, I feel like, well, with us knowing each other it's much easier because we could be so casual but like when you're in performance mode and you're advertising it is a little bit harder because you're in a different mindset uh, mm-hmm. but um but the other thing i i did like your your um your just ad of uh your advice of just like treating it like an ad and your marketing things because that's that's the other thing is like i was relating it to you know when i do teasers at colleges or whatever it's like you're just going around to billboard the show. That's all this is. Just let people know the information and just remembering that's that's your number one job is to, you know, even these people that go on late night talk shows, that's their job is that final last sentence before they cut to commercial of, you could get tickets to see so-and-so at so-and-so. You know, that's the whole reason they're on. So mm-hmm. it's just remembering that's you can lead. It doesn't really matter what happens before that as long as you get that information out. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And watch other people that are experts at doing it. Mm-hmm. Watch the Donny Osmonds when they, you know, go on a talk show for the 20,000th time. <laughs> and see how they handle it. Yeah, see how they <laughs> keep answers fresh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, let's jump over to goals. Yeah. You uh, punted from last time or you continued uh, sticking with your continued fitness. It's not a punt, man. Tomorrow's a full month of... Uh, intermittent fasting as well as vegan as well as five days a week of running i could even tell you you got your apps yeah i probably have done so many let's see activity 42 miles i think i've run this month wow great yeah that's that's more miles than days what's that that's more miles than days in the month it is yeah because i do more than one yeah it's that's 21 runs and um yeah 42 miles now matt if you ran a mile a day but one day was your forgery run and you ran 1.1 miles oh then, boy no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what what app do you use to track your runs i'm always curious about that nike so. running app and i love it i'm doing guided runs with coach bennett and he get he just yeah it's it's very um it's not like a motivating like rah 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 you're the best type motivation, but it's more of like a um it actually teaches you how to do various types of runs so it's not just always the same run it's not always a distance run or a speed run but there are different types of runs like I never really thought about that or knew that there are you know distance duration fartlek runs all types of runs excuse me what was that last one fartlek runs. I'm not going to ask. 
<laughs> you're just gonna let that you're just gonna let that blow in the wind whoa choice of words <laughs> okay you're not gonna you're not even curious what is a fart lick run <laughs> thank you <laughs> so you learn something every day and uh-huh. maybe even every podcast it is a swedish word i believe that means speed play so it's a, a run where you're you never stop so it's not intervals mm-hmm. but you'll do say like um one minute at your this is just an example because there are tons of fartlek runs but let's say it's one minute at like your fast pace maybe an eight out of ten effort followed by two minutes at an easy pace like a four or five effort and that'll go on for x amount of minutes and there are a million different ways to do a fartlek so it's similar to the we've talked way way back when we started the podcast about the pomodoro timing so it's basically doing that same thing where you have one minute of rest than five minutes of doing something but you're just changing the intensity during the run yes there there's no rest in a fart like gotcha interesting yeah. okay. and I, i'm really you know i you don't just know like saying I'm, the word <laughs> i i just love that the immature the, the maturity level of the podcast that you had to call it out we had to get into it i love it and now, you know what we should life is supposed to be fun and we learned something is life it, supposed to be fun i think it is yeah yeah and also you snuck in another ad for Nike Run app. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a walking billboard today. We're going to take all of these ads and just <laughs> insert them to past episodes. Can we do that? No. Uh, anyway, uh, so goal for next time, Matt? Uh, I, 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 have to, I have to stick with this. Stick but with it's a that. real Because it's a real challenge. Can I do the anti-ad for your running app of <laughs> some people like to move? Others like to sit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's your sitting app. <laughs> All right. So you're just sticking with more fitness. Perfect. I have to. Yeah. It's not an easy one to stick with. So Perfect. Very good. Uh, my goal was to uh, add things to the video vault and stop playing Marvel Snap. Uh, I definitely added things to the video vault, Matt. Uh, we Did uupload you? your Ellen and uh, all four clips you sent of steve harvey which was over two years uh halloween episodes where you're wearing the coming to america uh get up and the uh what was the frank sinatra rat pack i think so yeah yeah so you could check those out um more on the way though right more on the way yeah absolutely you have a lot of television clips matt i'm still trying to (laughs) track things down and send them to you the yeah. uh, the balance in the video vault is very heavy on Matt. You asked for a video vault. No, it's good. Try to put good. together a video vault. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. Uh, and the other goal was to stop playing Marvel Snap. That did not happen. I am constantly playing it. It's, it's okay. I gonna. We need another segment of recommendations. I think. I I listen. I've <laughs> I've got a book recommendation right now. I'm reading Harry Anderson's Wise Guy, written by Mike Caveney, and it's such a great read and. Look, this is something we should be talking about Harry Anderson on this podcast. This is a guy who is a street magician who, you know, he made it, right? The guy became fully mainstream. Not only was he doing his bits on SNL and all of that, but eventually became the judge on Night Court. And uh, Harry Anderson, man, are you a fan? Absolutely. I mean, Harry the Hat, he played uh, in the the, Night Court. And his specials, Hello Sucker and tricks of his trade and yeah i was able to because i wanted it in my collection i forget which of the books i bought of his 
but um, I got a signed copy bef- uh, that right after he died. So I was like, I know it's going to go up in value, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, it is a treasured uh, uh Is it Wise Guy piece. or a different book? I believe it's Wise Guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to double check, uh, dub- <laughs> make sure. Uh, but yeah, Harry Anderson, fantastic, um, yep. so so good. So is that your, that your recommendation, Matt? Hundred percent. If uh, well, no. If, if you're a magician, then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my goal for next week and my recommendation. Wait. No, go ahead. If you're a non-magician, oh, wax on, waxing on. I already blew through it. It's a very quick read by Ralph Macchio. New book out. It's sort of a memoir, so to speak. Waxing on. Well, I know what I'm not going to get you for your Christmas present now. (laughs) We had someone tweet at us. They go, have you seen Ralph Macchio's uh, memoir? And I go, I've already read it. Don't tell Matt. (laughs) Already read it. Yeah. Should have known. Should have known. All right. Very good. So we have your goal and your recommendation. Uh, My goal is to uh, continue with the video vault and also to uh, get in the habit and it won't be this week but probably an ongoing goal get in the habit of bringing a video camera with me for some of these pop-up gigs especially uh, to get clips uh, as we were discussing earlier um, so bring video uh, equipment <laughs> bring a vi- bring a tripod essentially uh, to shows to capture that lightning in a bottle uh, and then uh, recommendations I gotta recommend this Marvel snap game and I gotta tell you why uh, not an ad, <laughs> but it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, I I had another um, uh, group of friends. We b- play a smash up, which is a board game uh, with all these cards. Uh, this is a this is a Marvel game where it's like a faster, better version. And it's quick. It's only like six turns. It's fast. You could do it while we're waiting for, you know, a, a, a train. I uh, can't stop playing the game, Matt. It's cool. so good. Uh, and yeah, one more. Yeah, I think you mentioned being addicted to that last week, too. There's a gambling element, too, where you could double your points, your winnings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you lose, you go on tilt, and you could like keep trying to win it back. It's crazy. It's crazy. And uh, the other thing I, I wanted to get into uh, real briefly, because I know we're wrapping up, is the, um, is the show The Mole is back on Netflix, Matt. And I'm curious oh, if you've you ever... I mentioned you were watching that. I love... The Mole was my favorite reality show way back when it aired Mm -hmm. and it had a few seasons but it's like a psychological um it's basically an escape room where one person's trying to sabotage everything and they have all these challenges you have to figure out who the mole is so i'm only a few episodes in and this season is done really well i think you'll appreciate the way they edit this because they edit it unlike on any other reality show i've seen they don't end the episode after the elimination they end it right before Oh, right. So it's a cliffhanger. It's all cliffhangers. So it just makes you want to binge the next episode. Imagine mm-hmm. if we were on AGT, Matt, mm-hmm. and they did that right before mm-hmm. they go, and the winner is mm-hmm. see you next week. <laughs> I get anxiety just hearing you say that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, very, very interesting. So I recommend the mole. Uh, but anyway, we want to uh, thank our lovely patrons uh, who support us on Patreon. Let's give a big shout out to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. Uh, and if you too want to be thanked, you can visit us at uh, patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast uh, where you can also listen to the episodes, uh, posting episodes there. You get to access our video vault at certain tiers. As we mentioned, I'm adding more of, of Matt's videos there. 
And so, well, I got to find some of these videos. Maybe that'll be good when I'm recording shows. Those little clips, those lightnings will go into the video vault. So I'll have more there stuff. There you go. There you go. Uh, you can write us as well uh, at, um, what's our email? <laughs> My, go to mindovermagicpodcast.com and you'll find us at mindovermagicpodcast at gmail.com and hit us up on the socials at mindmagicpod. Is there anything else, Matt? Oh, plugs. What do you got coming up? Uh, mattfranco.com to see with our Instagram probably and tw- TikTok and Facebook and, and YouTube. Uh, well, if you want to know what's going on, just, just go on the internet. Just go on the internet, <laughs> mattfranco.com. Yeah, that'll give you everything. Same thing, ericdittleman.com for uh, if you want to check out um, uh, me my performances and hire me for certain things. And then uh, also uh, Midnight Theater coming up and uh, Oregon Casino in December and Illinois in January. So all of those are at my link tree on all my socials. So thank you so much for being here. We appreciate it. And uh, hope you had as much fun as we did. Matt, the episode is now over.